Good morning. Got to put these on. Happy 2020. You just keep rolling by. Television show started years and years ago called 2020. I can still remember Hugh Downs coming on at the very beginning of that show and saying, This is 2020. Wow. Are you guys are glad to be through the holidays and the travel? Good to see you guys here this morning. As is our custom, the elders addresses the congregation on the first Sunday of the new year, thanking you for your diligence, for your love, for your cooperation, and also to give you a little insight as to what we have looked at, what we're looking forward to in the coming year. Brother Jim Russell is not with us today. He is out of town, but the four others will be addressing just for a few moments to let you know a few thoughts and share a few things with you. One of the things that I am responsible for is part of the budget. And we got together the other night and we're looking at our budget for the new year, reflecting on what we've done for the past year. And we did very well. We met our weekly contribution only 25% of the time, consistently going over our meeting, our weekly goal. But with that said, when the whole year was done, we came very close to meeting our goal, over a million dollars. Delrada oversees right now over $2 million in monies that flow through Delrada. That doesn't include all of the containers that Brother John is able to do out of the warehouse next door. We're also looking at taking on additional works this next year that will require money to flow through Delrada as well. It is possible that Delrayna may see, have oversight of over $3 million in the coming years. We're very proud of that fact. We're thankful for your giving and your support. Anytime there is a need, you guys are there. We appreciate that. We were able to help several folks this past year during natural disasters as well, which is above and beyond the required that we do here. So thank you very much from that aspect. With all of that said, though, we are going to leave our weekly budget set at the same amount, 22200 We feel that we can do what we need to do in the coming year with that figure. So thank you very much for your support and cooperation with that. Just a few thoughts that I have this morning. I was reading in the book of John the other day, and this stuck out with me. It says, the next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he's watching Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, look, here's the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. When I was looking at this and reflecting on it, I noticed that he didn't say, hey, how y'all doing? Or what do y'all want? He said, what is it that you are looking for? The question implies that there was a longing, a desire. They were seeking to find something. John the Baptist had been preaching and teaching for several years. He had a following. These two disciples knew that John was not the Messiah. 
they knew that someone was coming along and John identified them to him. Look, here's the Lamb of God. We, as we approach the new year, we ought to be looking for something as well. Something that is missing in our life. Is there something that you're yearning for? There was a group called U2 that had a song come out years ago. It says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The main, the lead singer wrote the song and he went through some experiences that he had trying to go through different things and experiencing different things in life, but never found any satisfaction. He said, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's reminiscent of what the book of Ecclesiastes is about, where the writer experiences things that he's looking for and he has the resources to experience them. But every time he says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, there is nothing new under the sun. And when it's all said and done, he says the only thing that he has found that is beneficial is to fear God and keep his commandments. So as we enter this new year, I challenge you to look and see, what are you looking for? Are you looking for fellowship? Are you looking for a place to belong? I would encourage you to look around this congregation this morning. There are people here that you can associate with. We're very proud of the fact if you look around, 60% of our congregation is under 45 years old. That goes against the national trend. Most congregations are extremely old. We're very blessed that we have all the way from the cradle roll over here to the college group, to the young folks, to the silver threads, we have a well-balanced congregation. Are you looking for inspiration? We are truly blessed to have a number of talented folks here, from our teachers to our preachers to folks that are able to study with you. If you're looking for that, you'll find it here. Are you looking for other things as well, such as, have you got questions? There are somebody here that can help you study and look at that. All of these things are here because of one thing. Jesus is here. And as Jesus said to his disciples here, when he asked them, what is it that you seek? What is it that you're looking for? He invites them and says, come and see. We invite you to come and see this next year. Thank you. Probably the greatest privilege I've ever had is serving this congregation as one of its elders. It's also a privilege to serve with Bob, Dean, Jim, Bob, and Bill's eldership. It's unbelievable to me that in April I'll begin my 18th year as one of the elders here. Someone told me recently about a story from about 25 or 30 years ago, before, it was the time before I attended Delreda, but someone evidently left Delreda because they couldn't see Jesus at Delreda. I'm guessing they were just looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. But it made me think as we reflect on the past and look to the future. I think a good question to ask ourselves as we begin this new decade is can Jesus be seen at Delreda in 2020? I thought about this question frequently over the last several days, and here's my conclusion. I can see Jesus clearly every time we partake of the Lord's Supper and visualize his death. I can see him in the songs we sing about him. 
I see him in the prayers we pray through him. I can see him as he is preached so powerfully from the pulpit each week. I can see Jesus through our mission works when his word is preached throughout the world. I see Jesus when our own members use their own time and money to go on foreign mission trips. I see Jesus when the Christians here at Delray to meet at the warehouse and load medical supplies headed for the Ukraine and other impoverished countries. I can see Jesus clearly when this church agrees to oversee the Chamala mission where the Tanzanians are given access to a hospital, primary and secondary schools, and a preaching school as well. I've never heard of a church that spends about 40% of its budgets just on missions. I can see Jesus when you contribute money to disaster relief. If you just look, you can see the hands of Jesus when the hungry line up and, we're, and they're fed sacks of groceries each week right here in our parking lot. Or when we give a homeless person a place to sleep at night. Or cook a breakfast for some inner city residents. I see Jesus when a terrified child is given a teddy bear in the emergency room made by the hands of a group of our Christian sisters. I see Jesus when our youth group prepares a dinner for our senior citizens, which now includes me. I see Jesus when meals are prepared and taken to our dear Emma Slaughter each week. I can see Jesus when I saw our youth group sing hymns for one of our sisters in her living room when she was in her last days of battling cancer. Working at Faulkner, I can see Jesus when our college students act as the spiritual leaders on our campus and influence many of the unchurched on campus in various ways. I see Jesus when school supplies are taken to a neighborhood school for those who, for the children who can't afford them and, are, and when gifts are taken to Brantwood Children's Home. I see the beauty of Jesus when we send money and supplies to Mount Doors Children's Home in Child Haven. I see Jesus when his word is taught in our Bible classes and when our children are trained to be future leaders of the church through our last leaders program. I see Jesus when I observe his church enjoying fellowshipping and spending time with one another, building each other up. Jesus can be seen in our love and action groups when they meet in order to send words of love and encouragement to the sick, discouraged, and those others who can use our help. Jesus is visible in home Bible studies and teaching the gospel outside of places outside this building. Jesus can be seen when some of you walk behind prison walls and preach the gospel to the incarcerated. I personally saw the hands and feet of Jesus at Delray just four months ago when my 94-year-old mother passed away. Within just a few minutes of her passing, I received phone calls, texts, emails, <clears throat> offering heartfelt condolences. Food arrived at the house a few minutes later, a few hours later. The night of her visitation, the funeral home was filled with many of you. My out-of-town family was amazed at the number of people who told me they were from Delrida. I'll never forget someone in the visitation line walking by me and saying, there's even a bus that's pulled up out in the parking lot. It was the Delrida Youth Group. How many youth groups do you know of that would have spent their Sunday night going to a funeral home in order to come offer comfort. Many more Delray members came to the funeral the next day. We received cards in the mail every day for two weeks. When everything was over, just about every single family at Delray had expressed their sympathy to us in one way or the other. For this display of love 
for the love of the love of Jesus, our family will forever be grateful. So those are just a few ways that you can see Jesus here at Delreda if you're looking at the right in the right place. So, it's 2020. Can can Jesus be seen at Delreda? The answer is absolutely yes. As Bill explained, this church, Delreda Church, has gone through tremendous changes over the last several years. We're unusual for a 66-year-old congregation. Most churches in Montgomery of this age no longer exist. We're barely hanging on. Others have moved away from the heart of Montgomery. In contrast, here we are, a transformed, revitalized, reinvigorated, refreshed, vibrant church with limitless potential. There's more talent here at Delrayo today than in the history of the church here at Delrayo. My challenge to myself this year and to you is not only to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you, but increase and intensify the light we shine so that people can see Jesus through us as individuals and as a church, and therefore instill a desire of those outside of Jesus to seek Jesus. I hope you'll commit to this thought we sing a couple of verses of a familiar song. The first verse you sing to yourself, basically. The second verse you sing to the people around you. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wonderful passion and purity. May his spirit divine all my being refine. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. From the dawn of the morning to close of day. In in these and in all you say, lay your gifts at his feet, ever strive to keep sweet. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. Brother Bill has asked, what are we looking for in 2020? We need to take some time in the coming days and sit down with our families and take some quiet time personally to evaluate what we're truly looking for in 2020. Brother Steve has highlighted some truly wonderful things that he's witnessed from different members of our congregation. Seeing Jesus in different acts of kindness and mercies. He made the statement, I see Jesus in this place. Amen. Both of these require evaluation. Both of these require us to open our eyes and see what is going on around us. So how is your vision? Are you able to see clearly? Can you only see the things that are close to you? Or are you able to see the big picture? Let's look together again at 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 5 through 10. 
For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue knowledge, with knowledge self-control, with self-control steadfastness, with steadfastness godliness, and with godliness brotherly affection, and with brotherly affection love. For if these qualities are yours, and what? And are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or, or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. He forgot he was saved if he doesn't have these qualities. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Peter says that a person can be so nearsighted that he is blind. Unfortunately, and far too often, we are guilty of getting so focused on temporary things that we become blinded to the things that really matter, the things of eternity. Here's a sampling. If I work hard enough, I will be a better football, baseball, basketball player. If I can only get into this friend group, I can be more accepted. If I can make high enough on the ACT, then I can get into this college. If... I can't wait till I graduate high school, then I will have more freedom. I can't wait till I graduate college and get a real job, then. When I get that promotion and start making more money, then. When I get married, then. When I buy a home, then. And then as we get older, we may still continue to think along these lines. If I can make this amount of money, then we can afford a bigger home. Or I can get, we can get a better car. Or I can buy that boat I've been looking for. Man, we need a vacation. I think we'll go to Disney this year. Or maybe we'll go to the mountains. Once we get settled into our new home, then we can start being more active in the church. Once we get this paid off, then we can start giving more money to God. After I retire, we can really start traveling and doing the things we want. Maybe we can get that RV that we've always wanted. After I retire... Then I will really have time to spend on the Lord's work. But then after we retire, what happens? If only I had more energy, then I could do this or that. We're on a retirement income, so we might not be able to give as much as we used to. What's the point? Sometimes we can get so focused on the here and now that we forget about looking toward and preparing for those things that really matter. We can forget that this world is not our home. It is not our final destination. Now look, don't get me wrong. None of these things that I've listed are bad in and of themselves. I came up with this list because I've said just about every one of them at different times in my life. Most of them are not bad when we have a proper perspective. However, all these things, if allowed, can make us nearsighted. Nearsightedness can be caused by a constant straining of the eye to look at small things such as small print, small threads, or any little small thing that we constantly focus on. The Christian who specializes in the trivial and gets so wrapped up in temporary things of the present is warned that a continual focus on these things may cause him to forget the big picture of eternity. In fact, Peter says, if you lack these virtues, you are blind. 
and can only see what is near. And so it follows, if you have the good virtues, then you can see far off. We as Christians need to train our eyes to see the future, to see God's future, to see God's things. We spend far too much time looking at temporary things. You know, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. Ignore reality. Ignore eternity. Doubting the things that God says are true and significant. The devil bombards you every day with temporary issues in life. He's trying to make you love the things that don't last. How's he doing? Were you nervous or maybe a bit intimidated the first time you saw your spouse? Maybe it took a few tries before you were able to approach them. I bet today after 20, 30 years, 40, 50, 60, even 70 years, I see uh, Brother Walt and Sister Jean back there, 70 years of marriage plus. I bet today that that nervousness you felt on that first day has changed significantly. I now feel more comfortable with Stephanie than any other person on earth. Time in a person's presence changes everything. Relationship changes everything. In Revelation 4, the Bible speaks of high angels who are in the presence of God. It says that day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. All they ever do is look at God and declare how holy He is. They're doing it right now. They're going to be doing it when you go to bed tonight and when you wake up in the morning. It's worth every moment of their time to be in His presence and proclaim His greatness. So wouldn't it make sense to spend at least a small portion of our day the same way? God wants us to worship Him and thank Him all throughout our day. Isn't that what Ephesians 5, 18-20 is really talking about? If we don't focus our eyes on God, staring at God... We'll spend our time staring at lesser things, namely ourselves and the things that we care about. This is the mistake that a lot of us make. This is that short-sightedness we're talking about. We spend a lot of time looking at ourselves and each other, but very little time staring at God. When this is our focus, we naturally begin to structure every aspect of our life around the few years that we have on earth rather than the eternity that we're going to spend in His presence. Or for some, the eternity that we'll spend out of His presence. Sometimes we live as though we're not dying. Sometimes we live as though Jesus is not going to return and judge the world. David had only one request in Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. That's all he asked for, was to gaze at God. He knew that that was the answer to any problem he had. Imagine standing beside God's throne for a moment, one instant in His presence, and everything else seemed so small. The silliness of the issues that grab our attentions and affections are exposed. So David tells us all he wants to do is see God daily, to stare at Him. 
That is having our minds on things that are above. That is having our minds on things that will last. That's having our mind on things that are eternal. I think we pray about the things that are on our mind. The things that, we, that have our attention. If you could read a manuscript of my prayers, and I could read a manuscript of your prayers over the past month, what would we see is the one thing that we continually ask for? Would our prayer reveal a mind that is focused on the temporal or the eternal? 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 sums this up. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For the light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are temporary, of the things that are transient, but the things that are unseen and those that are eternal. Let me encourage you with these final thoughts. Let's change our focus this year if we need to do so. Maybe you're already doing well, but there are slight adjustments that you may need to make. Let's focus on God's ways and God's priorities. Here are three simple ways that we can do this. Let's spend time every single day reading God's Word, and then more importantly, thinking about what we read, praying about what we read, and then figuring out how we're going to use it in a practical way every day. Let us spend time every single day praying to God, asking Him to help us focus our minds on the things that truly matter. Maybe you pray like this, God, please help us today. God, please use us today for your glory. Please let us see our lives with a view towards eternity and let us see others through this same looking glass. Spend some time every week trying to make a difference for God's sake in someone else's life. How can we do this? Consider the phrase one another is mentioned at least 59 times in the New Testament. 59 times the writer of the New Testament gives us commands that cannot be obeyed without turning to another person and demonstrating the character of God to them. It's impossible to one another yourself. It's impossible to one another just in your heart. These one another commands require us to demonstrate the gospel with others. While Jesus was on earth, He revealed God to the world. But now He has formed the church, given us His mission, and empowered us through the Holy Spirit. It is our job to reveal God to the world through the way in which we live. As Christians, we are commanded to love one another, instruct one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, build one another up, spur on one another towards love and good works, live in harmony with one another. Let us stop passing judgment on one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. If we at Dalreda will focus on one another and focus our hearts and minds on the things that are eternal, the things of God, I know that 2020 will be an eye-opening year for all of us in a very special way.
Samuel entered the house and he looked at Eliab and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In most ways, oh, Jimmy Donaldson was a wimp. He'd come from someplace up north, and he didn't fit in all that good with our culture at Liberty, Florida. He wasn't good at basketball. He wasn't good at football, baseball. He wasn't good at fishing, and he didn't pick cotton very well either. But when the ninth grade had a person come in and give an eye test, why, Jimmy Donaldson could read all the fine print and then some more as well. First time I ever thought about 20-20 vision was then, but he was better than 20-20. And it was a real put-down to some of us that had uh, been shooting rifles at... Uh, uh, rabbits and squirrels and with some success. But there he was. And from that time, it really, really was a big thing to me about eyes. How important the eye is to us. How we take it for granted. Indeed, when you go into the optometrist's office for a test, you sit in the chair and just wait for him to come. I don't. I get up and look at that eyeball chart on the wall. And I'm just absolutely astounded at all the things that goes into the eye. Well, the Lord made that. And you and I know that whatever somebody says, some fantastic tale about evolution is that. It's fantastic. It's fiction. But when we read this, we read here that uh, God sees. Now, this is an anthropomorphism. That is, uh, it, God's not really seeing with an eye as you and I know it because He sees by knowing. He doesn't have to see. Now, that's fantastic to us, too, and we can't really grasp that, but that's what happens. So let us think about spiritual sight. Here in 2020, it's already been addressed, and I know that you are just as impressed as I am that this is the start of a new decade, and you and I should have 2020 spiritual vision. So remember that Robert Burns said would some power the gift he gives to see ourselves as others see us. But wouldn't it be better if we could say, could we see ourselves as God sees us? Could we see our world as God sees it? When you think about it, he's seen everything. He was around when the flood happened. He was around at the Tower of Babel. He was around at the destruction of Jerusalem. In AD 70. He was there during World War II and all of these times. So God has seen everything. He's seen the race of man. But what if we could see man today in our world as God sees it? I think we would reaffirm what we are told in John chapter 3 and verse 16 God so loved the world. Brother Cackleman had a great lesson this morning that referred to God's love. Well put. And we also see that God in His time is going to bring our world into judgment. Though men may doubt that, and Peter has addresses this in his letter where he said some men think that God is uh, slack concerning His promises, but He's not. 
So he's going to bring everything into judgment and make all things right. But he's going to do that with his providence. He's not going to do it by arresting man's own decision-making ability. Since we are free moral agents, God's not going to override that. So if we would look at the world through the eyes of God, we would perhaps feel a greater urgency for those that are lost because that's the real theme of our world. God's love, man is lost. And therefore, when we see that, perhaps we would be more motivated to do the things that we can with what we have here. What if I could see this church through the eyes of God? What, what would I see? I believe I would certainly see a church that is a blood-bought institution that he purchased with his own blood, as we're told in Acts chapter 20. And I would see much potential. You've already heard some things that we are doing, and frankly, I'm just amazed at what's going on here. There are many things that some of us don't even know all the details about, but very valuable. Some of them have been referred to already. But there are many others that can be done. You know, I dream sometimes and think and I think about the property we have down here, some 10 acres, and it's just there. I mean, it's been cleared off, and I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great if we had a facility, a multi-purpose facility down there that we could take care of Second John's uh, shipments, a warehouse that we wouldn't have to rent? And, uh, you know, last leaders, that's a great program. We have the leader of the last leaders in our congregation. What if we had uh, a place down there for an office and a storage facility for that? And moreover, we've got, we got uh, in our midst, in our own city, one of the great organizations of our time for the brotherhood, and that's called Apologetics Press. And I can just kind of think, well, I'd like to see them down there with a nice uh, building with plenty of room to do things. So these things come to my mind. And can it be done? Well, I don't know. But if I could see this church through God's eyes, perhaps I could see that it would be done. It ought to be done. We know this, that the glory of Christ and the glory of God is through the church. This is God's way of redeeming man, and this was his plan a long, long time ago as he looked down the stream of time. And he saw that he would save people through the church. So when we see our brother through the eyes of God, we see someone who is blood-bought, somebody who is in the image of God. We see somebody who is eternal, and we see this church as all of the things, the fulfillment of Christ's promises and the blood that He shed to purchase not only this congregation, but His church worldwide, but this church is part of that. So we ought to give it a high estimation, a high valuation in our minds and in our hearts. So as we think about seeing these things through the eyes of God, we realize we can't really do that. And we realize that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we could see it, it would no longer be faith. Therefore, we have to have considerations. We have to have plans. We have to have dreams 
that involve things that we can't see. And we walk where we can't see. So all of these things occur to us as 2020. And what a tremendous thought to say that we should be able to see with 2020 vision. And yet, we walk by faith. And this morning, if you look at your life and I look at mine, can we do that with 2020 vision? Can we say that we're in a position we should be? Can we say we're reconciled to God as we ought to be? If not, this would be a good time to look at our lives with 2020 vision. So if you're in this audience today and you need to make your life right, either by obeying the gospel, by being baptized for the forgiveness of sins, or if you need to make restoration, if you've wandered away from the right path of the Lord, you need to come home and you need to, need to do that today. So if you're here and subject to the gospel invitation in any respect, please come as we stand and sing this song of invitation.